This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. That's what we do on Love Friday. We get Harry's head bopping from side to side, thinking back to the days of the sophomore skate party back in the southwest side of Atlanta. <laughs> Freddie, listen here now. Go ahead. You know, I've opened that door. Day, you go to the skate rink, yeah. and you don't go to skate. Mm-hmm. As a young buck, you no, go to yeah. stand on that wall, have Absolutely. your homeboy hold you up. Hold me up, homie. Hold me up. Absolutely. We all been hold there. Hold me up. Although I was the guy who was out there skating, trying to get next to the girls who the guys <laughs> wanted to get next to, but were wallflowers like you. <laughs> While you guys were frosting on the wall, I was seizing it on the skating floor. <laughs> Whoa! That season salt. What? While you guys were frosting on the wall, I was seizing it on the skating floor. Welcome to the best show on your radio. You know it better. It's Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. The Love Friday edition presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80. And always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. We are here for you in this football weekend, especially when it comes to the safe space. If your team is not playing the way that you believe they should, we are here to make sure you let it out. Your calls right now, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. The, space, the safe space is here for you. You just need to have a chance to speak your truth, speak your mind, and we are here for you to let you be heard with no judgment, 888-729-3776. Well, it can be anything, right? It doesn't just have to be sports. You are correct. If there's something in life right. that you want to get off your chest Absolutely. and talk to us about, mm-hmm. we welcome we welcome any and everything. Right. And yeah, no judgment, and we don't pay. You don't, That's we, right. You don't have to pay us at all. It's free. It's completely free. Free, free counselors. Free counseling services available. Your safe space, 888-729-3776. We can't wait to hear you have to say in about 10 minutes right here on Freddie and Harry. We'll also hit us up on Twitter anytime you want at HW. Douglas 83, that's Harry's handle, my handle at Coleman ESPN. There's absolutely no doubt the big game in the NFL weekend happens on Sunday night, 820 Eastern time. Dallas Cowboys, they're 3-1. San Francisco 49ers, they are 4-0. The last time these two got together, Harry, the Cowboys lost to San Francisco 8-19-12. Dallas Adley lost 23-17 at home in the wild card round the previous season. We know how important this game is for Dak Prescott. But I also believe if you're Mike McCarthy, head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, you decide to call the plays this year and move on from Kellen Moore. You have been less than stellar inside the red zone. That can't happen. You get in the red zone, you can't kick threes. You got to get sixes. It can't be like the Rockets of Radio City Music Hall, New York City, Harry. One, two, three, kick. One, two, three, kick in the red zone. It's got to be one, two, three, six. One, two, three, six. You're going to find a way to have a chance to find a way to upset the 49ers in their home building on Sunday night. Yeah, and I think so far this season, when you look at the Dallas Cowboys from an offensive standpoint, and the red zone in particular, I think it's been a, 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 a numerous of different things, right? Drop yeah. passes, Dak Prescott not looking at CD Lamb when it's cover zero, no safety help. Every corner DB is on an island, mm-hmm. and he's at number three, and the corner route's wide open. He doesn't throw it. I think you have some plays that are questionable, and CD Lamb isn't being targeted as much as he probably should because he's the number one weapon on that offense right now. So it's a, it's a variety of different things that has held this team back in the red zone. Uh, but for Dak Prescott, this is a major game for him, for him right. in my opinion, because when you look at the last two, he didn't do things uh, in the manner that he probably should have to propel this this Dallas Cowboys football team 
to an NFC Championship game, moving on within the playoffs. He's been the reason why this team has not gone further. And I think when you pay a quarterback $40-plus plus million and it comes down to him outplaying a guy who's a rookie on a rookie deal or a guy in Jimmy Garoppolo he has to play better than and beat, you expect him to do that. Or even if he's going against a Joshua Dobbs of the Arizona Cardinals, you don't expect Joshua Dobbs to be the better quarterback in that game. Right. You expect Dak Prescott to propel his team and give them everything that they need to be able to get a win. So I think this is that big moment that I've been talking about all offseason leading up to the 2023 season, actually, that it's going to test Dak Prescott because you're going against a defense that's ferocious at all three levels. You talk about defensive line, linebackers, uh, secondary with mm-hmm. Funga being instinctive, Shavarius Ward. I think he was one of the most underrated signings for the San Francisco 49ers last year because now you bring over a corner that can play man coverage. And me and Dan Orlowski talked about this um, on, on Get Up yesterday. If I'm Dak Prescott and if I'm Mike McCarthy, I'm trying to pick on the Amador Lenore. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to pick on that side more so than I am Ward's side because he's right. a younger player and he's still finding his footing in the National Football League going into a year two. But for Dak, when the opportunities arise, when you have to make a throw, when you have to get your team uh, in, in, in the right play, right, if, you, if two plays in the huddle – and the defense is playing one coverage or, or a different front, and you got to get them into another one, you have to do that. You can't turn the ball over in the red zone. You have to be efficient. And I would say in the red zone, mm-hmm. I think he has to do a better job of u- utilizing his legs. You're an athletic quarterback for a reason. So let that be a component in your game that's, that's used to your advantage. If you're Dak Prescott, you just got to play. I know it's very simplistic to say, but it's true. Anybody that's great, they just play. They think on the fly. Any great athlete is able to make adjustments on the fly when they have to. I think at times Dak tries to be too formulaic in the red zone, tries to make the perfect throw, tries to make the perfect play. Sometimes the best play is the one that you know that you can get the ball to your guy or you become the best player in that situation based on what you just said. I look at guys that have done that time and time again. I've seen Patrick Mahomes, what he does for Kansas City. When Aaron Rodgers was not injured, saw that constantly with the Green Bay Packers. Tom Brady, the, the, the New England Patriots, and then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All the greats that when the situation gets white hot for everybody else, they not only slow things down in their mind, but they just go out and play. They believe they're going to make a play. I won at times by trying to be too perfect, knowing the kind of pressure. He has heard everything that everybody has said about, man, we don't know. We look at you, Dak, and say, nice numbers. We don't know. When it gets to that critical point, when the fire is that hot, you seem to look for, for an exit way, the perfect way. Sometimes Dak Prescott, a lot of times, especially you're tied for second, your defense tied for second in the NFL, 11 takeaways. You're among three teams, meaning the Cowboys and 49ers have committed a league-low one turnover through the first four games. San Francisco not only plays hard, but they just play. Dak Prescott, you got to do the same thing. Well, I would say this. When I, when I watched Brock Purdy against the Giants, and literally on his first series offensively, there could have been three interceptions on that series. But – it didn't hinder Brock Purdy. It didn't yep. diminish his mind and saying, mm-hmm. you know what, I'm not going to take those chances anymore. I'm not going to try to make those throws. Absolutely. And he had his offensive weapons back him up too, right? They seen it was going to be an interception. They became defenders and knocked it out of the DBs or, or the defensive players' uh, hands. So, so it, it wasn't a turnover. I think for that, sometimes you try to be so technical. Absolutely. And you try to be so perfect. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we just want the real raw yep. ability, mm-hmm. right? The real raw ability. Yeah. That's in, in – and it's crazy that I'm saying that because you you do while striving to be something we can never be yeah. perfect. Right. 
you become great in the process. Yeah. And I think when you try to be too perfect at times, you miss opportunities on the football field that you can capitalize on. And I think for Dak, I think you said it right, Freddie. Just go out there and play the game, man, the game that you've been loving since you were a kid. Yeah, it's just you've been like, doing this for a long time. And you and I are both music heads. It's just like you watch a musical, musical act, and they're in that pocket, they're in that flow. Sometimes it's improvisation. They don't allow themselves to be that formulaic. They go where the music takes them. If the play says do that, play to your instincts, but just go out and play. It can't be about anything else. It can't be about any other stimuli, positive or negative. Dak Prescott, this for for me, this has been the biggest moment for him in a long, long time. Because going into this game, many people still don't believe you're going to be able to do that against that defense on the road, and you have not done it the last two times you played against in the playoff. If you're able to go out there and right that wrong and make that clutch throw, make that clutch play, then people leave you alone for a little bit then maybe all of a sudden the narrative may not have to change with Dak Prescott, but maybe Dak Prescott's narrative inside of himself. It's one thing to believe, Harry, and you know this, mm-hmm. but if you actually have not been able to do it, then you may question yourself. It may be you, some doubt creeping it, your mind. Absolutely, or may the yep. doubt's already there that will only be magnified if you don't succeed. Now, if you go out there and lean into a runaway, which I don't think is going to happen, then you really solve a lot of problems. But, hey, Dak, just play. Whatever happens is going to happen because people are going to say something about it, whether you like it or not. And I'll tell you, Freddie, he, he's not going to be able to escape, you know, from a throwing perspective and saying, you know, we're just going to lean on the run. We're going to yeah. lean on the lead. It's got to be gonna, You're going to have to make plays. Like yeah. the Dallas Cowboys the last two times in the playoffs playing the San Francisco 49ers, they haven't rushed for 80 yards. So you're going to have to make plays with your arm and show why you are making $40-plus million a year, why the Dallas Cowboys actually gave you that money. And the last thing I'm going to say this, mm-hmm. the last thing I'm going to say for Dak Prescott, don't let Brock Purdy outplay you in this game in the mm-hmm. San Francisco 49ers win now. Sure, yeah. Because whoo, you talk about you think the roof on fire now. <laughs> that bad boy gonna come down. Yeah, he, he may not find an escape ramp to get away from that if that happens once again when it comes to Dak Prescott in a key moment and this time against San Francisco on Sunday night. Don't forget the world. The road to the World Series goes through ESPN Radio. All the postseason action that you want and need on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is your safe space, your sports therapy, your chance to get it off your chest. Safe Space with Freddie and Harry. And it can be anything you want. Sports related, personality related, school related, work related. Relationship related. Absolutely. Anything related. No judgment. It is your safe space to be heard on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio with Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. If you want to do that relationship thing, we promise we will not pass any judgment. Nope. And we'll just leave that alone. Triple H, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. He's an FOS friend of the show. He's one of our favorites. He's Dominic in Alabama. Dominic, the safe space, safe space Excuse me, awaits you. What's up, man? How y'all doing? We're good, brother. How are you? Man, I'm all right, man. I got listen, man. I was talking to my girl last night, man, and uh, <clears throat> she asked me what I wanted for Christmas, and uh, I told her I don't need anything but just a quarterback, y'all. <laughs> if I can just have a quarterback for Christmas, I think I'll be all right. And, and, and Terry Fontenot, I just want you to know that you are the last glimmer of hope that I have. <laughs> I need you to do something. I need you to grab something out that shiny ball head. And give me a quarterback for Christmas. I don't care if you got a trade for Justin Fields. I don't care if you got a trade up in the draft. Just please get me a quarterback, y'all. That's all I need, man. Hey, I appreciate y'all for taking my call. 
Those are your Falcons. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's Devin, the saddest De- Falcon Devin that Kane I've heard. And Shannon Penn, I tell you guys, boy, y'all show know how to do it, don't you? <laughs> you two guys. Hey, show. Dominic calls. <laughs> We took the call for his safe Yeah, Dominic, space. that's my guy, man. You know, exactly. we both Falcons fans. And, yeah. You know, Dominic, man, we're, we're going to get through this. You we're going to get through this, my brother. You need me to keep this music up for We're going to get through this, my brother. Nope. We want to make sure we get to the calls because we love the people. Okay. Sounds good. Homara in Oregon, the safe space awaits, my friend. What you got, Homara? Well, a couple of things real quick. I'm just getting tired of not seeing at least 40 points with the 49ers. They need to score at least 40 with all the weapons they got. And another thing I'm tired of, why are you guys always putting down the Niners? Nobody ever says how great we are. Why is that? Homara, where have you been? We've we, we uh, given the 49ers nothing but flowers because we've literally said the last couple of weeks that they are the best team in the NFL from top to bottom. I mean, I can't speak for other shows that you listen to. I hate to kind of flip the safe space here, but you're not going to throw receipts at me that are wrong. You're not doing that to me and Harry because we have literally said – how much we're fans of Brock Purdy and Kyle yes. Shanahan calling plays. And I've called them those bloodthirsty pirates on defense for the last year or so because that's how much I love and respect the 49ers. So, Homara, you got to come correct on that one. Yeah, that's not what we know, do. Sometimes we might be living underneath a rock, and we got to get from underneath that rock now because we've been talking graciously about the San Francisco 49ers. And I will also say this to you, too. The 49ers are third in points per game scored in the National Football League. Exactly. The only two teams ahead of them is the Miami Dolphins at number one uh-huh. and the Buffalo Bills at number two. Now, yeah. this is the National Football League. Now, this is not the video games. Right. It's, it's, it's hard to score points in National yeah. Football League. It's not Madden where you can like have any team you want and make that work and hit the B button all the time. That's not how that works in the National Football League. It's now, we're not attacking you. We're just telling you the facts, yeah, man. Right. That's yeah. all. Well, I'm kind of attacking at that point. It's hard to score 24 <laughs> in the NFL, much less 40 per game in the National Football League. Dwayne in Virginia, the safe space is yours, my friend. What do you have? 24 points. Okay. Quarterback. <laughs> Did, have you watched a Jets game? <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> I, am, I am so tired of this. This is just killing me. Watching Zach Wilson play football is the most put you on suicide watch headache type of thing ever but Dwayne let me it's ask you bad. this you, you don't you don't after watching Zach Wilson the last game you don't believe in him in, in, against the Denver Broncos feel a little um, better. anybody that watched the last game believe something ain't watched the last two years <laughs> as a Jets fan with Dwayne that that's my apprehension too yeah. I know that's the, that's the best he's ever looked in an NFL uniform if he can get anywhere near half of that on Sunday versus Denver against that defense, I think we'll take anything we can get as a J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets fan base. Why are you looking at me that way for? I'm just reading the names okay. of the callers and okay. what they want to talk okay. about. <laughs> here, safe space is here for you. It can be about anything you want. It doesn't have to be sports-related. No judgment here on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio at 888-729-3776. B-Rad in Virginia. Your turn is up. Hey, thanks for Harry. Uh, big time Carolina Panthers fan. Uh, your screener producer laughed when I said that, so that's a good start. Uh, just want to say, I, I think our fan base needs to take a chill pill and take advice from Aaron Rodgers and relax. Ownership's oversold this season, but I think we need to be realistic with a rebuilding season. And frustrating, but I think we need some patience. 
Yeah, I think you're right. When you look at when they drafted Bryce Young number one overall, you also had to do an overview of the entire football team. You look at the mm-hmm. offensive line that hasn't been good, the skill position players, the uh, wide receivers, those guys, there aren't any burners or guys that can get, you know, massive separation. So it's going to take some time. Yeah, just, absolutely. you know, trust the process. I'm not saying it's going to work, but I'm just saying it's going to take some time for them to be able to get everything that they need to contend in the NFC South. See, the problem, not the problem with him, but a problem with a lot of the fan base that is doing that that led him to say that about the Carolina Panthers because they saw what Bryce Young did at Alabama thinking, well, if he did that at Alabama, he should be able to do that on the next level in the National mm-hmm. Football League. You don't realize how hard the NFL is. Nobody just comes in without bad offensive lines and nobody outside that can separate from receivers in a running game. He's not a, a magician or a wizard. He's a quarterback in the NFL trying to figure out his way as well. Vito in South Bend. Vito, the safe space is yours, my friend. Hey, how y'all doing? We're good. Doing well. Um, I just want to get off my chest. I'm tired of teams drafting black quarterbacks and then expect them to be pocket passers overnight. Thank you for your call. Go Irish. <laughs> Vito, hold on for a second now. Now, C.J. Stroud is a pocket passer. Uh-huh. Just hold a – wait a minute. And a pretty good one, by the way. Now, wait – just wait a minute for a second. Now, there are black quarterbacks that are pocket passers. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes is a pocket passer. Last time I He said. just has the athleticism to be able to escape and do things outside the pocket that makes him a magician. Yeah, you can do both, by the way. We've seen it done in the Stroud, NFL is a pocket passer. Geno mm-hmm. Smith is a pocket passer. So Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I don't know about it. I understand this is a safe space, but now this is not a crazy space. <laughs> you just say crazy things. <laughs> I, I understand where he was trying to come from. It, it just didn't come out the, the right way. Exactly. That's number one. And number two, I wonder how much he still has of what happened with Lamar Jackson, where coming out of Louisville, could he be a pocket passer in the NFL? We've seen that he can be able to do those things. You can do both. You can still have the RPO game, get him out the pocket. That's not just a black quarterback thing. That's a white quarterback thing. They do the same thing at Baker Mayfield, what they yeah. do at Tampa Bay. Steve Young before, for anybody who doesn't realize that, was a guy that could play out the pocket and inside the pocket as well. Last time I checked, he, he wasn't the brother persuasion when it comes to Steve Young. So it's a different time and deal when it comes to that. Tim in Milwaukee, what you got for the safe space, my friend? Listen here. Listen very clear. Week number three, my beloved, we got no love, and I'm in Milwaukee. I got slapped aside the head. Week number four, we got shorter than Baker dozen. We got 12 instead of 13. We got a car, but it seemed like we got a lemon. Please, <laughs> is there any love for us? Beloved, thank you. You would think the Saints are 0-4 based on Tim in Milwaukee. They're 2-2. But I will say this, though. From an offensive standpoint, that team hasn't looked good. They look disjointed. Like, to have Derek Carr, to have Michael Thomas back, to have Chris Olave, you have Alvin Kamara back, Jawan Johnson. They have a ton of pieces. Yeah. But that offensive line mm-hmm. hasn't been correct. Also, that entire offense haven't been together in unison with one another. Right. And it has cost this football team two games. They actually should have lost against the Tennessee Titans. No doubt. If you want to be honest. Yeah, they're 4 like They should have lost that one yeah, They could have well. been 4-0, yeah. And their defense is really good. Their defense is not elite, but it's a very, very good defense with the Saints. But you know, just hang in there. Just settle down. It'll be fine. At a certain point, the offense can <laughs> get going. Rob in Kentucky, what you got for the safe space on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio? Good afternoon. This is a safe space, right? Yes, it is. Yes, sir. 
All right, so I'm dating a uh, Bills fan. I've oh, been a fan. Chad Pennington from Marshall. Uh, the problem is, she said that if the Bills beat the Jets again, she's going to peg me. What? Like, when you, you peg, peg you, me hard. Like, what do you mean by peg? Yeah, explain that. Like, I mean, it, the private type. Oh, in the oh, in the in the oh, bedroom? No, no, she's going to peg him, like kick him into. Oh, in the pegs. I was confused for a minute. <laughs> wow. I'm about to say, you better not agree to being pegged. I'm about to say, man, <laughs> that's ta- that's taking that deep in that relationship. When it comes to that, the, the that's not nice. You t- you have to tell her she needs to be nice. Yeah, that's not nice. Yeah, we we, we want your safe space to be a safe space. Yes. <laughs> we want you all might, the space. Might want to have kids at some point. Yeah, exactly. Whether it's with her or somebody else. <laughs> we want we want all the spaces to be safe. And if she wants to beg you, I suggest probably somebody else. Yeah. But that's your own prerogative. Right. In the words of Morris Day from Purple Rain, Lord, such nastiness. Last but not least, Loretta in Connecticut. Loretta, this is your safe space, my friend. Yeah. All right. So two quick things. One, with the guy who just made the comment about the black quarterback, I understand what he's saying. He didn't come out saying it right, but I think what he was saying was if you notice Justin Fields, have played good these last two games. They didn't win the one before, but they was close, and then they won the other night. And I think what he was trying to say is that Justin, if you watched him at Ohio State, he ran a lot. And I think what he was trying to say is don't take that away from him because that's one of the things he does best, and I think that's what Chicago was trying to do. I think once he made that comment, you see things got better the last two games. That's all I'm saying. We hear you, Loretta, in Connecticut, but remember Justin Fields was a pocket passer who had the ability to run the football and get outside the pocket at Ohio State. That's the kind of system that they run. And C.J. Stroud wasn't the dynamic runner to Justin Fields. Not too yep. many people are. But both of those guys, you know, the misnomer is that you can't do both. In modern football, you better be able to do both. You have to. Like if, When you're looking for a quarterback in the National Football League, it's no longer the statues that's sitting back in the pocket and mm-hmm. can't escape. We're not talking about every time as a quarterback you have to have the design runs, but you need to be able to have the escapability. Joe Burrow is not a, a design run type quarterback, Absolutely. but he's sneaky athletic and yeah. he can elude pressure and get away from it. Now, not right now because he has a calf injury, but right. previous to that. Yeah, and look at Josh Allen as athletic of a quarterback that I've seen in the NFL in the last 15 to 20 years. You don't; Those are unicorns. Yeah. A guy like him at 6'6", 250, that can run and make throws like that, you don't pluck those off the quarterback tree all the time. Those guys are unicorns. So you can do both. And in modern football, you better be able to do both if you're going to succeed because defenders get faster and faster and faster every year. And we mentioned Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills. After what they did to the Miami Dolphins, can we ask that question? Have they proved that they are the best team in a loaded AFC Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman will answer that next. We'll keep it here on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 
Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu. On the Love Friday edition of Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance, Harry Douglas over there, Freddie Coleman over here. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And don't forget to tell that smart speaker of yours to play ESPN Radio. 15 minutes away from this quarterback saying that if they don't win this week in the NFL, their season is more than likely over. You'll find out what quarterback said that in about 15 minutes here on Freddie and Harry. And I think right now, last week at this time, Harry Douglas, people wondering, those poor Buffalo Bills, we don't know if they'll be able to keep up those Miami Dolphins. That Dolphins offense is scary. Boo, boo. What were the <laughs> Buffalo Bills going to do? Then the Buffalo Bills went up there and righted that whatever wrong that people had about them. Then the conversation shifted. It can be very easy to be a prisoner of the moment. But the Buffalo Bills playing like this, they are a bad quarterback play away from being 4-0. And on that line, with San Francisco and the Eagles. And I wonder if we can clearly say that right now they are the best team in the AFC. Yeah, I think they are. Um, and I know they had a bad loss week one on Monday Night Football versus the New York Jets. But I didn't think that was an entire team that played bad. I thought that was Josh Allen that played bad. Mm-hmm. And Josh Allen was the reason why they aren't undefeated in 4-0 right now. Right. I think every game after that, from an offensive, defensive, and special team standpoint, they have proven, proven that they're the upper echelon and they're the best team in the AFC. Now, the best team in the National Football League, I still have it at San Francisco. Absolutely. But when you look at the AFC and how it's playing out right now, that is the Buffalo Bills. And then Josh Allen, and I said it, Freddie, when it happened, seeing the disgust on his face and the mm-hmm. body language and his demeanor after having those four turnovers in week one, I knew it was going to be a blessing in disguise. And he's taking care of the football He's been able to be Superman when he needed to be versus the Miami Dolphins. And then against the other opponents, he has put this offense in great positions. And also, we got to give some credit, too, to Ken Dorsey because Ken Dorsey has been stepping his play calling up, right, uh, when, it, when it has come to diversifying the, uh, the football. And also, Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, that relationship, a, a relationship that we thought was going to be broken and still had, you know, little things here and there within it that needed to be fixed – it seems like those guys have their issues that they once had are now behind them, and those two, that dynamic duo, quarterback-receiver duo, has been outstanding so far. The, I go back to that whole kerfuffle that happened during that training camp. Josh Allen showed me so much exactly what he's all about being a leader of this team. He was not going to let anybody say anything that was going to fracture any kind of relationship that Stephon Diggs had with the Buffalo Bills, coaching staff, play calling, 
whatever that was. And I'm paraphrasing. He said, that's our guy. Whatever has happened, we're going to fix it. And I'm going to make sure that nobody's going to bang on him because that's my guy. We haven't heard a peep out of anything regarding potential problems with Stephon Diggs. That's not to say it won't happen. But the fact that they named him, meaning Stephon Diggs, a captain before the season got started, tells me that Josh Allen knew exactly what he was talking about. It wasn't trying to give an answer to the media to quiet them down, to shush them up. It was like, I know that dude more than you guys know him. And if he has any kind of concerns, it's justified. And I'm going to make sure I'm going to fix it. And like I said, other than that bad game against the Jets where he was fully responsible for four turnovers, three interceptions and one, one, and one fumble, he has been that dude when it comes to the Buffalo Bills. People keep trying to throw different things at them. They keep knocking them back the last three games. To, to me, there's no doubt right now that they are the best team in the AFC. They're, for right now, in my opinion, the second best team in the NFL behind the San Francisco 49ers. I got 49ers one, them two, Philadelphia Eagles three. When you can outscore your opponents plus 84 that they've been able to do so far, they've given up the least amount of points in the AFC and the Cowboys have given up less points than them so far in the National Football League. And I think right now, pound for pound, the Buffalo Bills are a better football team. But it goes back to all that. This can unravel the Bills. This may be worse than we feared. And the boy from Wyoming, University of Wyoming, Buffalo said, "Mm -mm, not on my watch. If he wasn't a leader of that team before, Josh Allen clearly became a leader of that team then because look what has transpired ever since then on and off the field for the Buffalo Bills. But I tell you, Freddie, I got to get real bold. I got to okay. get bold now. All right, this, right, this Friday, uh, things are going well. I'm here in Dallas, Texas State Fairs, right down the street for me. So I Love Friday. Love Friday. You hear the deep voice, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> because I, I think this is a big game in the AFC when you look okay. at the Buffalo Bills and the Jacksonville Jaguars because Jacksonville hasn't been able to – they haven't been able to put a great offensive game together yet, right? There's something still missing. And Buffalo has to travel over to London, in which the Jaguars just stayed there because they played the Atlanta Falcons there last week. Mm-hmm. That is something. I played in London. I, I went over there for an entire week, but that's not what these teams do nowadays. They go over there on a Thursday or a Friday to play a Sunday game, and I think that's more difficult. Okay. And I think for Jacksonville, this is a very important game for them because okay. I don't think they want to – have their third loss on the season because right now the first part of the season hasn't lived up to the expectations of Jacksonville, especially how they finished. And I just think with losing Tredavious uh, White is huge for the Buffalo Bills. It certainly and is. On a week like this, when you have all those receivers, even though offensively Jacksonville hasn't put it together this year, I think that's going to be a huge thing in this matchup. Mm-hmm. And I think Jacksonville, I'm going to go ahead and say it, okay. Duval. Okay. I think Jacksonville is going to beat the Buffalo Bills in London this weekend. Okay. Uh, by the way, he's Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. I'm not a Buffalo Bills fan, but I think it's speak for all the Buffalo fans when I say. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Harry Douglas, they are <laughs> not beating the Buffalo Bills. All the things you said are on point. Flying over to London, Jacksonville has been there. I get it. There's a maturity about this Buffalo Bills team that I'm buying into. And it starts with a quarterback. It starts with their head coach as well. I'm buying into that, the Buffalo Bills. They are not going to. And it can be very easy. You have that kind of win last week. The inevitable letdown could be part of your football DNA and flying across. I just believe too much in this Buffalo Bills team to think that that's going to happen. 
if they lose, it'll be it'll be because Jacksonville was a better football team, not through anything else. And if Jacksonville beats them, Buffalo will not use that as an excuse. I think they play at their best when they don't have that spotlight on them. And I think even though the spotlight is there, it's on them now. It's but it, at least they have to deal with it. it didn't start. It, it, it didn't, it didn't start, start there. there. You're right. It didn't start there. And I think they'll be able to accumulate that and get back in that spotlight and show people, hey, you guys keep forgetting about us. We're not going away. But I don't think going over to London after having that win over Miami is going to be a letdown situation for the B-I-L-L-S Bills. They're going to go over there. They're going to right that wrong in terms of this may have happened previous years. I think they put it on Jacksonville. I don't think it's going to be close when it's all said and done. Something for both teams, though. The Jacksonville Jaguars, they should know this already, but the Mm -hmm. Buffalo Bills as well. Guys, when you're going to play in a soccer stadium, you can't wear your molded cleats. Absolutely. You have to wear your screw-in cleats. Yes. I'm watching the film from the Falcons and Jacksonville game. A lot of slipping and sliding going on there. And I'm seeing guys slip left and right. I literally, I remember I was in warm-ups with my molded cleats when we played over there. And I'm slipping all over the place. And I was yeah. just coming off a foot injury, too. And I was like, man, the last thing I want to wear is these molded cleats because it's going to uh-huh. you know, hurt my, my, my foot that much more. Right. But I said, I, there's no way I can play in these molded cleats, though, because I'm going to be a slip and slide out here. Most important thing for me, were there any hooters over there when you went over there? That's what I want to know. No, I actually didn't find it. So when I, when I stayed over there, we stayed literally an hour, 15 minutes from everything. Really? Literally. Like, it was... Man, we had to get car services to take us into town, and then when we were there, we had to spend a lot of time there because uh-huh. it was going to take us a while to get back. Okay. Yeah. Any souvenirs that you still have from that trip? No. <laughs> no, because we, we, we actually like, we lo- no. we kind of lost the game. Yeah. Not in the manner that the Notre Dame Fighting Irish lost to the Ohio State, but uh-huh. we should have ran the ball. There was some. Me and Dan Orlowski was talking about this other day, other day, because he was on that team. Okay. We were up, I believe, 20, 21 to nothing at halftime. Okay. And the Detroit Lions came back and beat us on the last second field goal. It was Ooh. some crazy things that went on in that game, Ooh. and it came back to bite us because it was between us and Carolina the last game of the year yeah. to go to the playoffs. And if we just would have won that game, we it wouldn't have came down to the last game of the year. Wow! So it was. We had about two or three games like that. We had a Cleveland game game like that as well. Mm-hmm. But we we were up big and they came back and beat us. So it was it was a disaster. Wow. That that was a long plane ride back home. I bet it was, especially very, flying very across long. an ocean from one continent to the other. But it was during Halloween, and you know, okay. my brothers had a Halloween party, man. So you we, we over there for a week. So we had a good time. <laughs> We lost the game, though. We had a good time. <laughs> we won the party, but lost the game. <laughs> I'm sure there are a lot of NFL players out there. So, yep, been there before as far as that goes. And some of that Ooh, happened yeah. domestically and not across the pond when it comes to playing in England or even in Europe. He is Harry Douglas. Hit him on Twitter at HDouglas83. I'm Freddie Coleman. Hit me on Twitter at Coleman ESPN, part of Freddie and Harry. And one NFL quarterback believes if his team does not win a week five game this weekend, it could be curtains for this season. Find out who said that next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. It's the Love Friday edition of Freddie and Harry. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman, presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and always tell that smart speaker yours to play ESPN Radio. You never want to say games are must-win, on the first Sunday in October in the National Football League. Should I say the second Sunday in October in the National Football League? But Joe Burrow, Snake Bengals quarterback, still dealing with that calf strain. They're one and three.
They play the Arizona Cardinals. He believes if they get got this week. We got to go in and get a win on the road. We haven't had a road win yet. We've, we've prided ourselves on the road. We're playing a really good football team, good defense, good scheme. You know, we need it for our morale. We need it for the rankings. We need it for everything. Here's why he said that when it comes to Joe Burrow. It's not so much, Harry, about this game versus the Arizona Cardinals. As we've seen from the Cardinals, that is not going to be easy to play in Arizona. They have Seattle, San Francisco, Buffalo, Houston, and the Ravens. Joe Burrow put it out there to his team. Guys, if we get got this week, this season could get away from us because that schedule is exponentially harder with Seahawks, 49ers, Bills, Texans, and Ravens the five games after they try to win against Arizona on Sunday. And, Freddie, I agree with them. I, I wholeheartedly do because, you know, we've we seen the Cincinnati Bengals be able to do this last year, but Joe Burrow mm-hmm. didn't have a calf strain to worry about. Also, when I looked at their schedule last year, it wasn't as daunting and hard as it is in 2023. Absolutely. So that, that's what makes it more difficult. And Joe Burrow, I got to give him a lot of credit because he's going out there and actually fighting and trying to do what he can't, he can't could for his football team. The only thing is that it kind of compromises them in a little way, too. In what way? Well, he's sitting back in the pocket. Okay, he can't I mean, be elusive. Oh, I told the statement. I, yeah, the no, cast no, no. definitely. No yeah, doubt. So, so from a defensive uh, perspective, I got to go get him. I got, I got, he is sitting duck back there. Right, and then that offensive line, you would think a guy who has this injury, that offensive line would say, you know what, we got to take this personal. We got to right. make sure our guy doesn't get touched. Mm-hmm. That still isn't happening. Yeah. You, and that's the sad part about it all. Yeah. No, it also does not help Joe Burrow. His running game is averaging only 70 yards running per game. Yep. If you're going to relieve any kind of calf strain that he has or try to get better coverage on the outside, one on one coverage with Jamar Chase so he can stop saying, I'm bleeping open every time, throw me the bleeping ball, you got to do better than run for 70 yards per game that they've done so far. You got Mojo Mixon back there, averaging over four yards rushing per game. He should not be seeing the ball only 12, 13 times in the running game. Feed him 20, 21 times. Get him out of the backfield. Whatever you can do to reduce that kind of pressure, not just when it comes to scoreboard pressure, when it comes to physical pressure on Joe Burrow, but even mental pressure, because they're placing everything on him, and he knows that, and he understands that, and that's what he wants. But now with that calf strain, when he's compromised like that, that means the Cincinnati Bengals have to do a much better job of not protecting Joe Burrow from himself, but protecting this season from getting away. The best way he can do that, play better defense and run the ball just a little bit more. This way, everything is not on him with a gimpy quarterback. Let's call it as it is. No matter how much they've been saying, Harry, that he's felt a lot better. and He has not felt this way in more than a minute for the Cincinnati Bengals. Freddie, I would also say, man, I, you know, T. Higgins has not had the best season. No, right hasn't. now, yeah. he has a rib injury, so it's still questionable if he's going to play or not. But we're talking about a guy that, you know, they were once talking about getting a massive contract and being Absolutely. able to stay in Cincinnati. And if he wasn't going to get the money in Cincinnati, being able to go somewhere else because he has showed that he can be a guy. But it's been a struggle for him this season. He has 32 targets and only 12 catches. And there are times where he's dropping the football or he's not getting open. So I don't know yeah. what he has going on this season. But at some point, he's going to have to get it together because that that's one of the things that made this offense so dynamic is mm. that you had three guys at the wide receiver position and T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and also Tyler Boyd that were phenomenal and you can count on winning at any given time. I think another thing that's hurting them is, is that tight end position. Yeah. Remember Lack the of last production. Week? Yes. They, they, they had C.J. Uzama the year before last. Nice last year it was Hayden Hurst. Yep. You know, so – 
now uh, they're, they're tight end, Tanner Hudson and Irv Smith Jr. Irv Smith Jr., there's a reason why the Minnesota Vikings mm-hmm. were so willing to, 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 to let him go and not, yeah. you know, bring him back to Minnesota. Yeah. There's a reason why. Yeah, a lot of people are wondering when are the Pittsburgh Steelers going to get it together or when they're going to move on from their offense coordinator, Matt Canada. Because believe me, as bad as it is for Cincinnati, people are a lot more excited by the Pittsburgh Steelers and their lack of offensive production. Mike Tomlin, he talked about changes early in the week, but he also said blame can't just be on the players. There's a get-better component of this process, particularly at the early stages of the year, and it has a lot to do with coach decision-making, how you structure preparation, um, how you allocate time and preparation in terms of the things that you highlight about what other people do and the amount of physical reps that you tee up for things that you prepare to do. All of that is coaching and elements of coaching decision-making and strategy. And so I'm always looking at that, but obviously based on on the result of that last game, certainly. That's a mess with Matt Canada. (laughs) He's not going to dime him out, but he said, you know, if we're not coaching him properly, that falls on me. But if it falls on me, Matt Canada, as an offensive coordinator, then I'm going to fall on you. And they, and they have two guys, right, two two guys that I know very, very well. Their wide receiver coach, Frisman Jackson, who I think uh, needs to get an offensive coordinator job position because he's that good, and also a guy named Glenn Thomas, who was our okay. quarterback coach in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And when, you know, Matt Rule was at Baylor, he was the offensive coordinator there. So, you know, both of those guys, I think, or two people I think could handle the offensive play called duties if it was to get to that point. Right. Um, and I re- would love to see Frisman Jackson get his opportunity because he's a brilliant young man, a, a brilliant coach. Well, let them score six more points again in a game this week with the Baltimore Ravens, and your homeboy may get his wish to be the offensive coordinator <laughs> of the Pittsburgh Steelers because that can't continue that much longer. Mike Tomlin may not want to make a change, but he may not have any kind of choice. So those are the questions regarding Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. There are other NFL teams out there that have questions, but you know who has the answers? That's right, Freddie Uh-oh. Coleman and Harry Douglas. We bring those answers to you next on Freddie and Harry, and this is ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast.